Good morning and welcome everybody. You are listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning with Lyle and Mon, who in one week from now will be in Germany, just saying. Okay, just letting everybody know, (laughs) you're going to hear about this for the next week. And then I'm going to call you after the week's over. We've already heard about it for three days running, so. And I'm going to call you after the week is up and I'm going to call you from Germany and tell you again how I'm in Germany. <laughs> the problem is when you call from Germany, Years. you'll probably be back already. Yeah, because this is a delayed broadcast. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and who knows when this goes out. <laughs> if this isn't Thursday, the 6th of September, you are listening to delayed broadcast. We tell you this every morning. Just jump across to the live show. Come on. Come on over. It's so much better on the live show. You can answer the quiz. And it's so easy. You and you get giveaway. such better reception. Yeah, the giveaway is really important. Today we gave away uh, free tickets to a movie. And uh, you know, if they've already been snapped up, then you missed out. And if you jump across the live show, you can get those movie tickets for yourself. Absolutely. It's pretty easy. Just go to faithfm.com.au and click on the live stream or download the TuneIn app. Search for Faith FM Australia and press play. Do you know what? Today is a beautiful day and I have a lot to be thankful for. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am thankful this morning, Lyle, that Mm -hmm. I am here and Mm -hmm. that my house is here as well. (laughs) Because this morning, about 1.30 in the morning, randomly woke up, randomly walked out of my bedroom and discovered that my housemates had left the heater on full blast all night and the house was like a furnace. And, uh, <laughs> and so to quickly run around and like open all the windows and doors because I, I feel like I was about to explode in there. Um, so very grateful for that. What are you grateful for this morning? Blossoms. Oh, blossoms. Aren't you just a cute little man? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, the, what the heck was that supposed to mean? What do you mean blossoms? <laughs> well, i got blossoms all over my tree outside my house, which means that I'm going to get plums and I love uh-huh. plums. Okay, so of course it's not about the pretty flowers. It's about the yummy cake, it's right? About food. <laughs> all about the food. Blossoms uh, mean of course. food. Of course. Why did I think for a Good second food. that you'd appreciate a nice feminine thing? Of course it was about food and filling your tummy. But hey, do you know what? One of our listeners has also messaged in their gratitude today. Russell from Sydney has texted that he is grateful that his friends finally got engaged. And I think we know who that couple is. Yes, congratulations to uh, Sharissa and Justin. Yes, it could be getting married next year sometime, I think, maybe in mm-hmm. Feb. We'll been waiting for this one for a while. Yeah, we have. We've been hanging out for that. Yeah, we're all grateful for that one too. If you have something that you're grateful for, and we know you do, every day that you're alive is something new to be grateful for. So give us a text, 0491 Tell us what you're grateful for. And of course, we have a great show coming up today. Stay tuned. We're going to kick this off with our first song and then we're going to get straight into some extra good news. You're going to like this good news. It's kind of blokey good news today from Newcastle.
Welcome back, guys. You're listening to Chris McClarney, Breathe On Me, Breath of God, here on Faith FM. And Mon has a quiz that is sitting there just ready to be answered. So get ready to call 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669. Get ready to go. Here comes the clue. Well, either get ready to answer it or get ready to listen to Lyle giving it away accidentally. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, whatever. Okay, who am I? I said the following. Should I drink the blood of these men who went at the risk of their lives? Yep, got it. Yeah. He's so cocky these days, he won't even wait for the song break to tell me who he thinks he is. He has to write it down on a piece of paper in the middle of the segment to to feel smug and know that he got it right, which incidentally he has this morning. But let's not, let's not pat him on the back or anything, all right? I've got to make up for the last <laughs> the last week, which has been my... Uh, <laughs> yeah, you've been quite downfall. embarrassed this week. <laughs> it's good to get something right for a change. Well, now that you got it right, try not to give it away, Lyle. <laughs> okay, if you know who said, should I drink the blood of these men who went at their risk at the risk of their lives, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. We will send you the prize. Lyle, I have some... Fam- it wasn't actually blood. Okay, let's, please, let's not talk about it, Lyle. I'm so nervous it wasn't, you're going to say it wasn't, the name. It was actual blood. Yes. Okay, cool, great. Woohoo, let's not talk about it anymore. It was... It was, no, it sh- it was, there was mm, I'm so nervous, Lyle. You're making me really nervous. <laughs> really, really nervous right now. <laughs> Do I have to start a whole new quiz? It was something other than blood. Okay, great. Woohoo, everyone write that down. All right. <laughs> something that I would have drunk. Okay, shh, 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 shh Lyle. I have some really great news for you in particular. Flavor. You're going to love this good news story. Not only is it coming out of Australia, it's coming out of Newcastle. Oh, and, cool, right and, here. Yeah, and Local. not only that, but you're going to love what this is about. Um, so there's an inexpensive new kind of solar power that has just been launched in Australia and, uh, and it could signal the start of groundbreaking new market for renewable energy. So mm-hmm. both of my stories today are quite green, so forgive me. Um, so this is <laughs> pasta. Right. Um, so we know you're a greenie. I'm, I'm we kind, love you anyway. kind of a greenie. Um, this is Professor, sorry, Paul Dastor. He's actually from the University of New, uh, Newcastle, so mm-hmm. right here where we are um, broadcast from. He's created organic solar panels, and get this right, they can be printed using conventional printers. So they're a world first. So ultra- I, can, I can print it on my laser printer. Yeah, they're a world first. No, get out of here. Listen, they're a world Not first. Not on my laser printer. Ultra cheap printable solar panel. And this is how it works, right? They use electronic inks. So you do have to get a special kind of ink. Okay. Um, but, and they are printed onto sub-millimeter thin plastic sheets. Okay, so you've got to get special paper and special ink. Well, yeah, plastic paper kind of thing. And the panels can be produced for less than $10 per square meter and installed by a few people within a single working day. Isn't that incredible? That is phenomenal. Isn't that mind? Because you just installed a whole bunch of solar panel things for your um, transmitter up there in... in um, Stanhope. Stanhope. Yeah, okay, so this is the thing, right? So uh, the the University of Newcastle and their teachers have been developing the <coughs> panels since, uh, since last year. And they're now being tested in a six-month pilot installation at a pallet facility, um, uh, pallet repair facility here in Australia. And so they have a 200-square-meter installation on the building, and it's the first commercial application of this technology in Australia. And it's uh, most likely, it's hopefully going to hit most likely the rest of the world very soon. And if this pilot is proven to be efficient, like the solar tech will likely move into like way more widely available uh, commercial market just within a few years. Okay, so let me just figure this out then. If I can print that on, off on my little $80 laser printer at home, how much does it cost me per square meter compared to a conventional solar panel? 
I don't know how much conventional solar panels cost, but this is less than ten dollars per square meter. But that is yeah. just ridiculous. Look, I'm That's sure phenomenal. it's I'm sure it's not <laughs> as simple as hey, just chuck this special no, no, ink right, into you your could, cannon yeah, yeah, and yeah. press you know copy whatever it is. It's probably not that easy, but. To be able to print it onto a conventional, maybe it is. Maybe it is. $10 per square meter yeah. is ridiculously cheap. And of course, by the time it hits the market, it's going to be a lot more expensive than that because there are going to be other associated costs. Oh, they're going to trump it up, it. profit. And, you know, yeah, all, all of that kind of mm-hmm. thing. But it could completely. This is a potential of transforming the, uh, the, um, the way we get energy. I mean, at, yeah. at, that, at that cost. Yeah, you know anybody would put, everybody in Australia would print off some solar panels and just stick them on their roof. Well, according to the, there's always the installation cost. You got to get a Sparky yes. around to take care of it and but, sign it all off. But if it's easy to, to install as well, probably be people well. Who like myself who will print them off myself and figure out how to wire them up yeah. and then burn my house down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Well, apparently the development. Um, you know, of like such a cheap and easy to install material could it could actually make signing up for energy accounts as easy as signing up for a new phone plan. Because you can imagine if it's that easy, it's going to simplify the entire process to some I'm just going to buy a printer. Yeah. And some paper. Yeah. Yeah. Plastic paper. Plastic and, paper. Um, yeah. So, uh, Professor Dustor, he says this is the first commercial you know, I actually did, of printed I actually, solar in Australia. I actually, actually read the, the, the headline for this story and then um, just breezed over it. I was just getting ready for today's news. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh, the one thing that jumped out at me was that, you know, they only have a three-year lifespan, but $10 a square meter, who cares? This doesn't say anything about three-year lifespan. Yeah, my article was probably a different um, journalist. But still, three years. Yeah, I mean, at $10 a square metre? Yeah. Seriously. Oh, but then we need to be thinking about, like, if we just chuck it out, then that's plastic we're adding to the ocean. Recycle it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a fantastic segue uh, because they're making headways with how to deal with plastic waste. And you're going to like this, Lyle. Mm-hmm. So, already on this show, we have talked about cars that run on compressed air, which yes. was really cool. We have a video up on our social medias if yes, you don't check was, that, that out. Was, that was that was very cool. So, we may soon be able to melt down plastic waste into fuel for hydrogen cars. How cool is that? Yeah, that's very cool. So, this is uh, being this is groundbreaking uh, process developed by scientists from Swansea University, and uh, they've been able to transform unwanted which plastic Swansea? into- I'm not sure. It doesn't say. Okay. Um, Unwanted plastic into hydrogen, which could be used to run cars. This is so cool because I feel like the world scientists have turned their attention to these kinds of issues, mm-hmm. and they're making just incredible headway with it, which is great. Which is what human should beings be doing. are smart. We, yeah. we can solve our problems. We need to apply that. Yeah, yeah. But the ability is there. So apparently, this process could be cheaper than recycling uh, because any kind of plastic can be used, and it doesn't have to be cleaned first. Which is the two huge problems when it comes to recycling plastic: is that not all plastics go in the same bin, kind of a thing, and that also if you don't clean them, they often turn them away. Especially cling wrap, because cling wrap is, is like one of the most used kinds of plastic, but it has the least um, amount of recyclability because people don't clean it because you know it gets so That's dirty. It's really hard. It's important. Yeah, you can't it's, clean. That's impossible. Yeah, well, I mean, especially like food sticks to it. And Everything sticks to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And so, and it's it's the one that is also the least um, uh, decomposable. It takes the longest to break down, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so, for that reason, percentage-wise, cling wrap, that kind of plastic, is the plastic that is the least recycled plastic. Mm-hmm. So, this is great news that it doesn't have to be cleaned and it doesn't matter what kind of plastic it is. Um Okay, so my green willy bin that's outside my house that I throw in all my recycling pl- plastic 
um, in the future, I'll just uh, run that through a little crunching machine and shove it in my fuel tank and drive away. I dare you. I dare you, Lyle. <laughs> <laughs> no, it sounds good. It sounds great. Yeah, yeah. Bring it on. Yeah, and, and, and also just on a side note, for those, there are, there are recycling plants that do employ people and have machines in place to wash and sort the plastic, but that's very expensive to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, this is, this is great. Um, so this, this, well, they have a process and, um, it, you know, any kind of food scraps on it doesn't stop the reaction. It actually apparently makes it better. Oh, How cool is that? That's very it's cool. It's like bonus points for not cleaning your plastic, which could wait, could you know help us save water, right? Yeah. If we don't clean up our plastic. Um, so the process produces hydrogen gas. You can actually see the bubbles coming off the surface apparently. And you can use it, for example, to fuel a hydrogen car. I'm going to confess right now, I don't even know what a hydrogen car is, but to me, car is a car, right? It goes, whatever it's been. Yeah, it just runs on hydrogen rather than running on petrol. Okay. Or diesel. Or hang on, so when we fill up a or car LPG. on gas, is oh no, that's LPG. That's LPG. That's different to hydrogen. Yeah. Is, is, wait, is hydrogen like a hydrogen bomb? Yes. So these things could potentially explode? Yes. But then I guess so can LPG. And so can uh, petrol. That's, okay, okay, okay. So we're just as unsafe LPG as LPG is else. like, um, yeah, it's lethal stuff. Yeah, indeed. They, so do, they do make bombs out of uh, LPG, like serious, serious big bombs that are made out of LPG. Do you make bombs out of plastic? I'm surprised the military hasn't cottoned on to this. It's called uh, plastic explosives, Mom. Oh. <laughs> 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 Don't mind me, everyone. <laughs> and it's <laughs> Thursday. There's no excuse. <laughs> I'm pretty sure last Thursday <laughs> you were operating on a Friday brain as well. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. <sighs> I, did, I, I, I don't know about weaponry. I'm not a dude. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, yeah. So, the, this company is, uh, is surging forward. Um, it's funded by the Engineering and Physical Sciences Research Council um, and an Austrian petrochemical company and uh, hats off to them because this is just one way that PET and other kinds of plastics can be um, produ- uh, used to produce hydrogen and carbon dioxide and um, yeah, and get the fuel that we need to fuel the cars that we're all obsessed with. Um, so yeah, so this is great news coming out of um, yeah, recycling. I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away when
You're listening to Anthem Lights with the Southern Gospel Medley right here on Faith FM. And Mon in Queensland. Oh, no, we, before we talked about Queensland, we need to have another clue for our quiz. We do. Who am I? Peter said I didn't ascend to heaven. Who is that? Give me a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. Yep, somebody's not in heaven. Mm-hmm. Actually, there's a lot of people that are not in yeah, heaven. but a lot but of people in heaven, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yet. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, Queensland. We're talking about Queensland. Yesterday in Queensland, a wombat was born. Aww. That's cool. Yeah. But not really surprising. Uh, this wombat is number 250 Ooh. of the hairy Nose Oh, what? Which is kind of cool because in uh, 2009, there were only 138 of them. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, That's a there. big increase in just a few years. Well, Actually, 2009. Okay, so it's been almost a decade. Yeah, it's a decade. Yeah, that's a good job, though. We're getting there one wombat at a time. So these were uh, ex- uh, endangered? At 138, I would say they're pretty endangered. Yeah, pretty endangered. Like but good on good on the people that are taking care of that. Yeah, it was born in captivity and they're super happy about that. I don't know whether it's a, a boy or a girl yet, but... Uh, um, Wombats are so cute. Do you know, do you Wombats to, are the cutest creatures Do you want to hear the craziest story? Mm-hmm. So one time uh, I was in a van full of Bible workers and we were driving across the country um, all the way from Sydney to Perth. And as we crossed the border into Adelaide, you know how they do the little border check? Into and, South Australia. Y- sorry, yes. And the guy who like checked our van out, he like finished checking our van and he sort of lingered for a moment. And we're like looking at him going, like, what does he want? And then he suddenly goes, uh, do you guys want to see some wombats? And we're like, yes. And it was like <laughs> the middle of the night. And so we, he gave us this address. Turns out it was his own personal home and his, and his wife was there and she switched on the lights and we turned up and her house was just teeming with wombats and kangaroos and, and, and there was an albatross, like all these animals, just randomly rescues animals, yeah, okay. and, and then rehabilitates them and sets them out. And uh, it was just one of the best experiences I've ever had. And we got to hold these wombats and she showed us how she cares. And, and there was this one, it was He doesn't like, charge for this? No, th- what what he does? Would is you he, have paid for it? Yeah, well, we did kind of. What happens is like he he sort of um, filters out the tourists and segues them over to his house. She does like a mini tour and then um, asks for donations and people can donate. Yep. Um, and which they need because they're just doing it out of the goodness of their own nice. heart. Nice. Yeah, and it's nice. and so we nice sent them way a to check. leverage your job. Well done. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I was like, I, I love a little hustle. Yeah, 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 I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have total respect for that. Yep. And it was really cool. We had this like big there was this huge wombat like what it's like I don't know what's that size like a size of a washing basket yeah like the size of a huge wombat you, yeah, know what, yeah. you all know what a huge wombat looks <laughs> yeah. like but she she had to warn us and she was like sometimes he'll just put his head down and charge so don't be in the firing line when he charges <laughs> anyway it's a very wombat thing to do <laughs> yeah it was super cool they are the best creatures on the planet I would love a pet wombat would not like to be bitten by one <laughs> apparently they can be pretty surly though yeah apparently yeah, yeah. they can yeah of course, a 6.7 Richter scale earthquake just hit Japan last oh, night. Oh, no. Yep. Um, has no report of serious damage. Oh, praise stage. the Lord for that. Aren't they expecting a typhoon right now? Uh, I think that, no, they just had it already. Okay, cool. Been, Japan's been hammered. Yeah, they've been <coughs> The place has been smashed. Uh-huh. Okay, so Julie Bishop is um, come out speaking about the appalling behaviour um, towards women in Parliament. I wanted to get your thoughts on this, Mon. Go on. Um, she says that this is behaviour that she would never accept it in a major law firm that she was running 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said this, of course, at the Women's Weekly Awards. And she also went on to say that it was not acceptable that uh, less than a quarter of MPs were women. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and she stated, when feisty, amazing women like Julia Banks say, this environment is not for me, don't say toughen up, princess. Say enough is enough. Yeah, okay. So guess what uh, former New Zealand Prime Minister Helen Clark said? What? Toughen up, princess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those Kiwis. <laughs> oh, I think it's hilarious. That's kind of funny. Okay, but this does bring us to the uh, to the point of, uh, you know, women's issues and equality mm-hmm. um, and people once again are calling for a gender quota in the Liberal Party. And, of course, it doesn't make any difference, Liberal Party, Labor Party or any other party. Mm-hmm. They're all the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you've just – you've just you ever watched, watched watched Question Time? It's quite entertaining. I, ha- I haven't, no. You should watch, watch Question Time sometime. Okay. It, I watch uh, different countries' Question Time. This is, this, is where, this is where ministers are judged on their performance. You know, this okay. is the primary uh, KPI, I guess, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, out there. But really it's an embarrassing circus of a bunch of monkeys yeah. yelling yeah. and screaming at each other. Uh-huh. And we should hang our heads in shame. Yeah. Um, at the way that our MPs carry on. Yeah. Uh, rather than getting on with uh, running the country. But what about a gender quota, Mon? What's your thoughts on a gender quota? Okay, so I'm not 100% sure about what exactly these politicians are, these lady politicians are referring to as in how they're treated. They're being what bullied happens. and okay, you know, yeah, that's misogynistic. Disgusting. Co- it is. And yeah, it and that should never, never take yeah, place. Never in any, you know, and, and I found that, uh, you know, we're. Pretty good in Australia in the workplace at getting some of these sorted, some of these things sorted out. Mm-hmm. It's 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 in places like it's in places where you get a political atmosphere uh-huh. because I've seen it happen in churches, uh-huh. and 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 it's just horrific. And I've seen churches at times that have acted worse than a football club. Yeah, yeah. And you see some pretty bad behaviour with some of our footballers on occasion. Yes, it's true. And it's like, what is going on here? Okay. You know, we would never accept this. We would just fire these people. Yes. Uh, but yep. then it, if it comes to disfellowship them or boot them out of the church, then that becomes like, oh, but you're not having enough grace. Mm-hmm. Well, I tend to think that um, like humans so often do, we might be able to identify a problem, but then we fix it the wrong way. So I definitely think that, um, you know, this bullying and this carrying on towards women is unacceptable. And mm-hmm. to be honest, I think that the solution is just to fire the people. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the solution is gender quota. I don't think making any minority uh, have a quota that has to be filled is the solution to anything. And I mean this for for women, for uh, any sort of racial minority, blacks, Hispanics, whatever. I, I, I don't think that saying, okay, we have a, a group of 10, so let's say that four of them have to be women so we make sure we have the quota correct. I don't think that that's fair because mm-hmm. I think um, people should get jobs based on, on merit and on skill. And so if they, you know... I think it's yeah. Who cares who they are or what they are, yeah. as long as they can run the show? Because then it, it's still unfair. It's just flipped the other way. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to show that you have the skill. You shouldn't be just be able to show that you are a woman. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and I because I, if women want the job, then I think the 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 way should be. It should be approached differently. They should be helping to educate and equip women to go up for these kind of jobs so that when they go up, they have a better chance of getting them because they've been helped with, I don't know, practice, whatever it is that we need to educate them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as opposed to saying, oh, you can have the job because you're a woman. Because then we're gonna, we are going to bring down the standard. If we just give jobs to people because of whatever their minority is, we're going to bring down the standard of excellence. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It should be uh, – <coughs> we need people who can run the country. Mm-hmm. End of story. There's no other qualification. Can you do the job? Um, and that should be the only issue that there and is. And if you're a bigot, then you should get fired. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Now, I find it interesting because when it comes to women's issues and gender equality and um, you know all of these kind of things, 
The Bible sets such a great standard. Oh, it does. Particularly, particularly when you look at the era in which it was written. Mm-hmm. You know, you study how women were treated in the ancient world. Okay. And they were second-class citizens. And, you know, the nation of Israel stood out as a beacon of light amongst all of that with a very, very different standard towards women. Okay. Did you know that by law, women were of equal honor as their husband? Oh, wow. As the man. No, I didn't know that. By law. That was part of the constitution of ancient Israel. Wow. Um, They had the right of inheritance. I mean, this this is things that are unheard of outside of Israel. Yeah, yeah. In the ancient world. Mm -hmm. Uh, They could be a prophetess. Well, that did exist outside of uh, ancient Israel. Um, They could be a warrior. Mm -hmm. In fact, they could um, climb through the ranks all the way to be general and commander-in-chief of the entire armed forces of ancient Israel. Mm Mm-hmm. They could be head of state. Mm-hmm. Um, they could be a lawyer or a judge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know that is going to be pretty hard to find outside of ancient Israel. Yeah, um, they could give validly accepted testimony, and this is interesting because within Greek culture, you could have a hundred women who are eyewitnesses of a murder, and none of their testimony could be taken. Wow, because they were women. Uh huh. Um, they could speak, they could pray, they could participate in worship services, they could be an author of the Bible, they had the right to be protected. In fact, the man to be married had to be prepared to give his life for his wife. Wow. Um, that was the requirement. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, she was incredibly highly honoured if she succeeded in business. That's true, yeah. You know, often people look at the ancient world and they say, oh, you know, the Bible is uh, is against women. No, the ancient world was against women, not the Bible. Don't blame the Bible for the culture mm-hmm. in which the Bible originated because the Bible is very, very different in its approach to women and uh, equality. And, of course, the Bible outlines different roles. That's obvious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that's very interesting. If you have an opinion, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM.
I'm not all on my own I'm not all on my own Gone are those days Welcome back guys, that was Anders Svensson with Gone Are The Days here on Faith FM and before we get to our interview for the day we have our next clue for the quiz. What have you got for us there Mon? Yes, okay, who am I? I was afraid of God because he killed Uzzah for touching the Ark of God. Mm-hmm. I d- mm, mm. If you know who that is, give us a call. And of course the previous clue, this person is not in heaven. Yeah, that's right, they're not in heaven. Um Give us a call if you know the answer. 1-800-FAITH-FM is 1-800-324-843. I'm just so nervous you're going to give it away, Lyle. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this morning we have a special interview. Uh, One of our regular listeners is on the air today with us. Uh, Welcome to the show, Lisa Taylor. Good morning. (laughs) Lisa, you are involved with a charity um, that Lyle, your son, actually told me a little bit about Mm -hmm. and uh, gave me a heads up. And I researched this charity and I'm so impassioned about this. It's it's an amazing charity. And uh, Lisa is involved with this charity and she's going to tell us a little bit about this and about her work with this charity. Uh, Lisa, what's this charity called? It's called Day for the Girls. Okay, and so give us like the gist of it. Okay, it uh, um, started in America mm-hmm. when um, one of the ladies, Celeste, went over to, uh, she was in Kenya and she was um, at a at a, um, an orphanage and she just saw like all these different uh, kids and girls and they were increasing in numbers and she just one night she was thinking like, um, what do they do when they have their period? Mm-hmm. And she sent an email to the director and they said nothing. They just sit in their rooms when they have their period. Oh. And then that started, yeah, that started a... Um, uh, she first of all thought about using like recyclable or usable, sorry, disposable pads, mm-hmm. as we would do in like Western countries. So mm-hmm. she uh, raised some funds and they bought all these pads, and but they didn't last very long, and they had a problem with disposing of them because they we don't they don't have the you know rubbish systems like we do. Yeah. Um, so then they had to work on what can they do, and so then they originally worked out that they'd make pads the shape of you know traditional ones in you know like Australia or whatever. And they used white fabric, and but then a lot of t- people don't have underpants, mm-hmm. so they can't wear them. Um, so they, you know, changed their ideas. They spoke to people in the communities, and after 27 different tries, they ended up with the Days for Girls kit that we have right now. So, and this is like a, a company that um, is worldwide. It's, yeah, and this is this is actually like a it's actually a massive problem, and I think people don't realize it because like like uh, like in that story when she um when uh, Celeste contacted the director of the orphanage there like it was a, because oh. he was a dude like he he was a man he didn't really occur to him that there would be an issue with it and it's almost like a forgotten issue but um I did a bit of research about it and it actually is a massive issue I mean around the world uh you know girls and and women they have to resort to using stuff like rags mattress stuffings yep. banana leaves leaves, feathers, even cow dung to manage their menstruation. Yeah. And uh, and in places yeah. like Kenya, and this this really brought me to my knees, in Kenya, uh, a lot of girls get boyfriends um, 
because their boyfriends will, will then use money to, to buy uh, pads and tampons and so forth. And so it, it's almost a form of tr- prostit- prostitution because they're having to have these boyfriends yeah. and sleeping with them because they need to get men- menstrual pr- um, items. And uh, like, you know, that's, uh, that's an exchange right there. And if they, wouldn't, they wouldn't have the boyfriend if they, you know, had access themselves to sanitary items. So that, that really disturbed me that school-age children are engaging uh, in, in partnerships with men in order to, to get access to uh, sanitary items. So it's actually a huge issue. And then also some of them like just sitting on a piece of cardboard for five days and missing out on school and missing out on education. Like if there ever was a, a way to oppress women, like this has got to be a way to do it. And Lisa, I'm not sure if you heard like a few weeks ago we did a – we did a um, – Yes. A segment on air where we talked about if you empower women in poverty-stricken countries and third-world countries, you actually empower the entire community because the women then empower the children. The children grow up to be, yeah. you know, empowered people, and it just it, it it ennobles the entire community. So holding back women because you know because of their menstruation is it's a it's a downward spiral. It really is. Mm-hmm. And I'm very excited yes. that you're doing something about it. But I guess for those who aren't really sure what you meant by when you said a kit, what exactly is this kit? Okay, so the the Days for Girls kit, it has um, two shields in it that have got a, like a plastic barrier through it or a mm-hmm. waterproof barrier. Then there's eight liners and the liners are flannelette. And so when you the way they've been designed and stolen, when you fold them over, it's like a um, six layers and it looks like a hanky mm-hmm. when you... Um, put it out so uh, you have two pairs of pants in there the little um, hotel soaps that you know people go to the motel they get the little hotel soaps we yep, yep. Um, collect all those uh, one face washer we have a, a chart in there that shows them how to use like how to um, calculate when they've got their periods coming mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we have two ziplock bags and then it all comes in a drawstring bag that they can wear on their back so they can go to school and, and not miss out on any sort of like education yeah, so that raises yeah. an interesting point there, Lisa. How is this affecting the education of uh, of young women in developing countries? Oh, huge impact. So 20% um, of girls drop out of school when they reach menstruation age. With the Days for Girls kids, we have been able to change that to now 3% drop out. Oh, wow. wow. So, yeah, it's just amazing. Like this this tiny little incentive thing that, you know, people are doing around the world has increasing countries, you know, gross national prof- um, profit. They're increasing education and um, it's reversing the cycle of poverty. And I, I they're really that, empowering the women. Yeah. yeah. So they're dropping out of school when they start menstruation because what they get so far behind in their studies by having five days out of the month off. Yep, yep. That it's just not yeah. worth continuing. And, it's really hard for them too because a lot of them, you know, they will, like if they're in New Guinea, they're, they're put in huts and they're, they're, there's a shame attached to it. They, they miss out of school. They, um, you know, they're away from family and it's hard for them to catch up. So, yeah, it's basically yeah. a quarter of school that they're missing out on. And we talked about that as yeah. well. We talked about which country was it that's trying Nepal. to re- Nepal is trying to reverse that stigma where they have to um, expel the women from the community from the village while they're menstruating. They're trying to reverse that process, you know, which is a good mm. step forward. But and, this is also good, and it's just educating people um, that you know a period is a normal thing for a woman to go through, and if you don't have periods, you can't get pregnant and you can't have babies. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's giving. 
Yeah, it's giving education how your body works. It's not it's not to do because um, a lot of places they don't want to talk about it. It's a cultural practice that they are isolated and embarrassed. And um, when you talk about Nepal, we're actually going to Nepal, um, a group from Adra, and we're going to be handing over 100 of these kits so in a couple of weeks' time. Oh, wow. So you're going with them on this trip? Yes, so we're going on a connections trip mm-hmm. and we've got people from Townsville, Cooktown, Mackay, Alice Springs, New Zealand are ringing and um, we're heading over and so we'll, we'll do the education and hand out these kits. Now, 100, I imagine, is a, uh, a drop in a bucket the, in a country the size oh, of Nepal, yeah. um, clearly. But um, worldwide, how many of these kits are going out and, you know, whereabouts are they made? How are they made? How are they oh, funded? this, this yeah, is the this good is, part, Lyle. Okay, all right. My mind is churning over here and I'm thinking, how does you're this a, actually work? You're about to be very impressed by women and the system that we've set up. I've never heard of this before. Know, how is this, this possible? Like, this is so cool. <laughs> tell them, Lisa. Tell them what we're doing. Oh, well... Around the world, there are there are women who um, are tracing out patterns. They're cutting out fabric. They're they're sewing. Um, they're making kits. We have people like um, you know all through Australia, around the world, that are doing that. We're actually even empowering people in the communities, like people in Nepal, people in Africa, to make their own kits and to provide them a way of you know sustainable practices as well. Um, we've had like over a million kits went out last year. Um, and it's just, it's all volunteer. People will donate fabric, people will donate soaps, face washes, undies. Um, there's different sec- like um, collection centres in different towns. People out west might sew and, you know, send it into like a Townsville group. Um, yeah, it's, it's huge. So we have sent in Townsville, because I'm based in Townsville, we have, um, we have people that like they'll just sew in their home and then others will get together and sew. We've sent a lot to, on the YWAM ship up to New Guinea. And even like the, um, you know, the, the boys on the ship and things, they'll come and say to us, um, you know, like, you're doing a really good job and, and it's making an impact on these communities and something that they would never even normally talk about. Um, people are talking about and saying, like, it really is making a difference to people. So pretty exciting. And it's, it's so well done. Like, Lyle, this is what they do, right? So someone like me, because, you know, I run two craft groups out of my home, right? Mm-hmm. So I could turn these craft groups into making these kits. Um, so I go on I go on the Days for Girls website, which is daysforgirls.org. Mm-hmm. Plug, plug, plug. We'll put a, we'll put a link up yep. on our social media. Yep, and I can download the, uh, the patterns. And mm-hmm. then me and my girls, my crafty girls, we can sit there and sew these things. And um, and we don't even have to make a complete kit. We can, also, we can just focus on one component, mm-hmm. right? Like, let's just say we just make the, uh, the the knickers or we just make the pads or we just make the bags or something. And uh, and then we can just churn them out, churn them out, churn them out and we send them off. And uh, and it's organized. We have, you can do it as a solo sewer. You can do it as a team. Um, then they have like organizations that they have chapters. They have entire chapters. It's like a whole system of women around There's the world. network Craft, all around the world that I've never heard of yeah, before. Yeah, crafting Why is, women. Is this possible? Like one of the biggest hobbies for women is craft, like sewing, all that kind of stuff. We're so into it. You know, look at Spotlight and Lincraft. They're massive enterprises. And these are people who are into that kind of stuff who are using their skills, you know, using their craft time to create uh, something that women desperately need around the world. And I also love the fact that they slip education into these kits, those little little yeah. charts that teach. Like, that is super important. And I love it when anything is imbued with a bit of education. Okay, Lisa, just coming back quickly oh. to the need, I think you, I think you said you, yep. there was over a million of these kits went out last year. Was that right? Yes, yeah. 
How, what's the size of the need, estimated oh. need? <laughs> How many women are there in the world <laughs> in developing countries? Because I'm just sort I of think, thinking, like, th- thinking, thinking a million's going to make a massive impact, but really still is probably a little bit of a uh, drop in the ocean. We've got a long way to go it, here it we need to mobilise a lot more people. It is, and one of these one of these kits can like last um, up to you know three years or four years, depending on how they look after them. But the people, there's such a need, even in New Guinea, um, people will share a kit. So you might have two people sharing a kit, or you know, like so. Even though um, it is, you know, say we've handed up a million at the moment, it's still making a big difference oh, yeah. to yeah. those people in those countries. And um, yeah, and there's more to do. But mm-hmm. our aim is, you know, every girl, everywhere, period. And mm-hmm. we aim to break the cycle of poverty and violence. That's very interesting and, about and, them sharing yeah. the kit. I guess I guess as long as their cycles don't sync up, they can indeed share mm. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess here in the Western world, we get squeamish about that because we're so used to having the disposables. And it's actually something that we need to start moving away from. Um, you know, in Western yeah. culture, they now have a couple of different brands where they start making these cotton, non-disposable, washable ones. And and I do think it's mm-hmm. the way of the future. They also have the, the cup, that little pod thing. And uh, I think uh, I think Days for Girls is also looking at using those. And um, yeah, this is something, this is a reality that we need to, we need to look more at. It's actually, in my opinion, a better way than the way the Westerners do it. Now, coming back yeah. to um, coming back to what you mentioned earlier, I think Mon or Lisa, I'm not sure which of you was talking about it. How that a lot of young women will go and find a boyfriend, get a boyfriend, so that the boyfriend can then pay for their sanitary products. Um, yep. And uh, and then of course you, I think you were talking about Kenya initially. Um, this is sub-Saharan Africa. Um, this to me speaks of a tremendous danger for unwanted pregnancy and STDs. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, it's a huge problem. Um, and the the whole idea is, is not to be having sex. And so when we do the education, we say that, okay, you might get your periods when you're 12 or you're 14, but you don't, your body's not ready to have a baby until at least 18 when you finish growing mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So we educate um, the girls when when they're ovulating and when's a good time to, you know, um, try not to have, which we try and get them to not have sex, but if they're going to, then do it safely and at least chart, you know, and have an idea about um, when the periods are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But um, trying to empower them as well so that they, you know, they can get an education, they can have a future, um, have knowledge about it because before that there was no knowledge. They didn't understand what was happening mm-hmm. to them. They were just isolated and shamed and um, so now they know it's a normal thing to have your period. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a good thing and it's a, you know, a rite of passage into parenthood um, and yeah, just empowering them to know and giving them the knowledge of what periods are and about reproductive health and, and teaching them about you know the STDs and and different things that they didn't realise about, you know, how you can get pregnant, how babies are made. That's part of the, the education that we do. Lisa, how so, long would it take you to yeah. make one kit? Oh, my goodness. Depends on how fast <laughs> you sew, Lyle. <laughs> um, well, as Mon said before, we sort of work in components. So, um, you know, like I'll buy 10 metres of the uh, waterproof barrier and I might just, you know, trace out those and, and cut those out. And another day I might just trace out the fabric and cut out fabric for shields. Then I'll, you know, do flannelette. Um, make the bits individually um, and then put it all together. But there's a lot of hours. If you, yeah, there's a lot of time involved, but they're really well made. And Days for Girls have got 
really strict um, guidelines that they work by. So they only use certain fabrics. They only use cotton fabrics. You can't have like animal prints or eyes or um, orange colours. Like so, they are culturally, um, you know, okay for different countries. That's wow. And the quality of them is just amazing. So there's a lot of work. There's a lot of time. Uh, you wouldn't want to be paying someone just to make one kit because it, you know, there's a lot. But there's yeah. It's a good quality kit, but if you look after it properly, you can last up to four years. So that's really incredible. Yeah, it's amazing. I think it's I think it's particularly incredible how people helping girls in such a I guess a, a small way really can empower and improve that girl's life with such a, a, a long reach. Like you know, she won't have to you know prostitute herself. She'll be able to attend school because you know some of these girls I sit on these cardboard pieces for five days they won't even go and get food someone has to bring them food you know it changes their world really you know their education their future their careers just by just by sewing these kits here in a a place like australia and sending them across like it's incredible how just a a small gesture can completely transform a girl's life Uh, lisa thank you so much for joining us this morning we're going to put up all the information on our social media and how people can get involved Um, because yeah. it's, you don't, you can get involved not just by making them, but you can also get involved by buying them and taking them to places and sending them to places as well, right? So for those people yeah. who aren't necessarily right. craft-minded, they can still get hold of these kits and distribute them uh, where they're needed. So there's many different ways people can get involved, um, and we're going to put that all up on social media. So that's daysforgirls.org. We'll put that up. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you coming on the show this morning. Thank you. Bye. See you later. Oh, that was so Bye. cool, Lyle. Absolutely. And uh, we're moving right on now, of course. Um, that, great great work to do right there. But this is going to be uh, Grego Pillay with I Will Bow My Knee. And all you crafty girls, get on our social media. Check out the stuff. We need to get together and help these girls out.
know that fear and anxiety are the most common mental conditions in Australia. On average, one in four people will experience anxiety at some stage in their life. I'm David Stojic, counselor and pastor of Living Abundantly Adventist Church. We are hosting speaker Danny Milenko to provide a scriptural perspective on this topic. Join us at 11 a.m. Saturday, September 8th at the Warburg Community Center here in Newcastle and visit discoverhopeseries.com for more information. Hey, do you believe in God? Yeah. Yeah, but is God for real? Mm, yeah. No, I know you believe in God, but is He actually real to you? Or do you feel that something is still missing? Sometimes. If you still have questions about God and life, then why don't you come to the Is God For Real series? Sure, where is it? It's at the Gosford Adventist Church. Begins 7pm Friday, September 7. You can get more information at isgodforreal.com.au. Sweet. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.